Hi, this is Steffi and welcome to the Financial Fox Bitcoin series. Today I'm going to share a conversation I had with Alex McShane. He's a well-known personality in the Bitcoin space. He's director of programming at Bitcoin Conference, which is the major Bitcoin conference in the world. And he's also general partner at Lightning Ventures and he's directing Jack Dorsey Noss conference series. So there is one coming up uh, later in the autumn that I'm looking to join. Anyway, uh, I love this conversation because it's the first time that somebody take you into the Bitcoin space in such a gentle way. And, you know, you always talk to different people in the Bitcoin space and there is always like kind of like you are going to war. Uh, That's wrong. That's right. You should do that. Oh, you, you are thinking in the wrong way. Where Alex, you were just so gentle in like sharing what he believes, sharing his views and opinion. And oh gosh, it was so nice to talk to him. We talk about the Bitcoin community, the Bitcoin ethos, and how important it is to curate your circle, the people you surround yourself by. And that's a very important point that each of you should think about it. I'm surrounding myself with the right people, with people they are happy, they are optimists, you know, they are positive for my life. So I'm going to leave you with this um, important thing to uh, consider and uh, I'm going to share my conversation with Alex that I really, really enjoyed and I hope you do too. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, click the subscribe button now and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews. Hi Alex, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. It's great to have you on the show. I'm I'm really excited. Me too, me too. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, let's start with a very important question anyway. Uh, I ask if well, actually a few times to the guests that have come on the show for the Bitcoin series, which is um, when you first got into Bitcoin. Yeah, I first got in a couple cycles ago, so it's been uh, years at this point with many ups and downs. Got into it because I was looking for a way to complement my income. And so I was trading and Bitcoin happened to be going on a tear, like late 2016 uh, era. And uh, me and my brother kind of started trading and he was doing quite well with Bitcoin. So I started looking into it. Also got interested in a bunch of other kind of like altcoins. Um, Fortunately, uh, that interest only lasted a few months. I kind of realized the difference between Bitcoin and all the other crypto assets. And I stopped uh, using all the other crypto assets and have been focused on Bitcoin and working on Bitcoin ever since. Okay, that's that's interesting. So tell me what clicked in your mind when you were trading all different altcoins or you know you are in crypto let's say and Mm. then at some point you decided right now i want to focus on bitcoin what click in your mind um from a self-custodial perspective so i started self-custodying my bitcoin very early like 45 to 60 days after i got into bitcoin i was just kind of obsessed with uh you know the little technology you know um kind of like cold cards and different wallets that were available then hot wallets cold wallets uh and i realized like the friction of custodying self-custodying crypto assets was much greater particularly i i tried to move some eth like really early on and i had to pay a fee i didn't know what for that was like more than the amount of assets i was moving 
something. <laughs> and I thought that was a bit ridiculous. Oh. I looked into it and I, I realized the whole thing is uh, basically a, a centralized kind of scheme to, to get people uh, to buy in. And, you know, those thoughts were later validated, of course, when they moved off uh, proof of work into a proof of stake protocol, left all their miners out to dry and, you know, tons of uh, ETH users just have their assets locked on that on that protocol uh, and we'll probably never regain yeah. access to them. Yeah. So uh, that, I mean, it, yeah, it just clicked uh, very uh, early for me for some reason. I just had a good voices surrounding me, I guess, that there is only one um, decentralized, like sufficiently decentralized protocol that alleviates trust in third parties. And with all the other protocols, you can be disenfranchised by the will of a f just a few people, a small committee, or in many cases, just one person uh, who, who kind of runs that protocol. So I, you know, I wanted to just focus my efforts, just kind of have a singleness of purpose there and focus on Bitcoin. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And uh, listen, can you say that like the click that you had in your mind, it was like taking the orange pill? Is that what, you know, people say in the Bitcoin space or uh, taking the orange pills means something else? I think I think it's what it means. I think that kind of means like diving down the proverbial rabbit hole and just kind of getting an obsessive interest with uh, Bitcoin. In terms of learning about it, there's like endless amounts of things to know about it. And we, you know, as a community, we don't know everything about it. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know all of the impl uh, implications of changes that are being made now and in the past. So there's there's a lot to learn. Uh, to be honest, though, I'm not a very big fan of uh, orange pill as a phrase or even kind of a culture. I've found people very, very resistant to Bitcoin and uh, orange pilling because you have to fundamentally, to understand kind of a basic amount about Bitcoin, you have to admit that you're wrong about money, basically your whole life and, and how, how it works. And uh, you have to be very open-minded to adopt kind of this new understanding of economics. And well, it's, it's not exactly new, but it's probably new for most new Bitcoiners. Um, so, I mean, to me, I, I don't really want to try to coerce people or trick them into finding that. Like, I think it's far better just to educate generally and give people as many touch points to free and open source software and Bitcoin as possible. And, you know, with enough touch points, like I, I'd heard about Bitcoin back in 2013 and even before. And it wasn't until I'd heard of it three or four times that I started to pay attention and understand. And I think that's true of almost everyone. It's, it's not the first time that you hear about it that you're a light goes off suddenly usually it takes it takes kind of a, a number of introductions so the idea that there's this kind of binary of like you haven't been orange pilled you have um doesn't really make sense to me everyone's got kind of um, a spectrum of experience that they're coming from all unique and you know they require different um kind of education or experimentation to to get beyond the the very real hurdles of their entire understanding of kind of economics and government and uh, money so I, I kind of think that you just said something so powerful here that everybody needs their time to realize something you need different introduction to bitcoin is true because i got in crypto was 2017 and i mean i've been through you know ico web3 and you get involved with all different kind of coins right and you lose money you put coin in the farm and they disappear they get you get axed and uh, and then you think about right i want to embed and i and i was a trader i mean i'm still a trader sometimes um i still go back to the stock market and and do 
you know, a few trades, but you kind of like see that, right, I want to save for my future. And then you come down, what is going to be the assets, the best way to achieve wealth and uh, and basically really invest, right? And, uh, and then you come down and eventually you get introduced to Bitcoin again. So I think that's a very important point. Everybody needs, each person needs his own time to, to realize the value of money, right? And what Bitcoin represents. So I think that's a very important point. Some people say, oh no, you're stupid. You need to understand Bitcoin. But it's like a, a journey that takes time inside some people mind because you know not everybody is that yet but uh it is a journey i i agree with you that's such an important point so tell me a bit about the bitcoin ethos because uh, i mean the bitcoin community is a strong community and uh, i think one aspect that i would like to understand is um, uh, and it's also very united as well so would you be able to kind of like uh, unpack for me the Bitcoin ethos and, uh, you know, what are the peers they believe? I mean, probably would, uh, some they already came from from the conversation that we had with other guests on the show. But if you can, would like kind of to describe the Bitcoin community, uh, what they believe and how open they are as well to innovation. Oof, uh, big, big questions, deep questions. I I'd know, it's a big uh, question. <laughs> I think uh, there, there, there are like a number of things upon which most Bitcoiners agree. Um, for example, the I guess you would call it the right to hold assets apart from the state uh, and not be debased by unclear or uh, like on the whims of others. So not have your, your assets inflated away um, or debased. Like Bitcoin's monetary policy is transparent. It's open. It's probably the most um, you know reviewed code in the world, but it's, it, it works very well on large and small scales. Um, seems to be able to scale for now pretty effectively. So I think there's, there's kind of also a fundamental hope for the future that this can become um, an asset for everyone in the world with... Uh, with an internet connection, I mean, you can use Bitcoin even without the internet, just by virtue of holding some in a, a physical bearer instrument or otherwise. So there's like a number of uh, problems with our current money that it solves. And I think for me, chief of which is I have money separate from the state that, you know, very, uh, very hard to to take it from you if you if you self custody it properly um, and you kind of keep up to date with um best security practices and you find a situation that's right for you it just allows you to save on longer time scales and to spend with uh, absolute freedom which is something that more and more you, you can't do um, with traditional state currencies um, more and more kind of were surveilled and um, soon um, if not already you know, CBDCs are going to kind of coerce and restrict people's spending in certain ways that are basically defeat the purpose of money. I mean, it's hard to even call fiat a real uh, money in that sense. Uh, if it can be stopped, if it's only open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., bank holidays excluded. Uh, if because of your, your history or what you want to buy or where you live or where you want to purchase something, you're, you're denied service. Um, these are all very scary problems for any population to face. And that's without even, you know, speaking about the debasement, like the inflation that's 
cuts away everyone's savings um, and and keeps the lower and middle classes down, uh, keeps them from accumulating wealth. So in order to overcome that, I think the community is like very bravely championing this uh, alternate way of doing things that comes with a lot of very loud voices and kind of um, both good and bad and beliefs. Um, I would say both for better and for worse that make adoption kind of uh, speed up and slow down at certain points. I guess I'm particularly talking about like a really loud, um, you know, group of maximalists that are, are going to kind of like fight against people that choose to do other things with sometimes even their own Bitcoin, but other assets, certainly. Yeah, I might, I might need a redirect there. I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, I think I think you did. You did exactly. Um, exactly right. And um, so if we look at the all the experimentation that is happening within the Bitcoin ecosystem, I'm talking about, let's say, ordinals and, you know, there is a lot of things happening now on Bitcoin. What is your views on that kind of innovation? Is that good because it's kind of like forcing Bitcoin to be more scalable, but at this, or is bad because it's getting away from the primary use of Bitcoin, which is as money, right? And, you know, if you start to enter the world of Web3 with Bitcoin, maybe you shouldn't go there. I mean, I don't know. I would like to know what you think about it. And yeah, if you think it's good or it's not good and why. Mm, I think you get into this really interesting conversation of like code bases need to be updated. Um, they need to be maintained. Um, and so with that, there is a lot of controversy, rightfully so, around how people go about that. I'm not a developer myself, so I can't speak to it very um, intelligently, but you know, it's important to me that I have people who do understand all the changes that are being suggested and made that I that I trust to um, kind of give me a good read on them. I, I don't have an alternative because I can't, you know, I can't yet code myself. And I really, uh, I guess in general, just encourage people to run their own node and, and, and to vote with their capital. Um, you know, it's like when it comes to ordinals, whether or not you agree they should exist or they're net positive or negative, I'm going to fight for the right to spend for people to spend Bitcoin however they want because it's within Nakamoto consensus and I'm not here to censor anybody. You know, I'm not here to, to, to I don't know, kind of call them names or, or attack them for spending Bitcoin however they want. I wouldn't want that to happen to me. That being said, I'm not really a big uh, inscription guy. I own like maybe 10 inscriptions, most of which I made myself just as an experiment. I've never sold any. I'm not interested in really making a, a bunch of money or like dumping these uh, pieces. They're like early pieces of art my friends and I made uh, just for fun. Uh, but the whole thing's within Nakamoto consensus. So I, I don't really know what to tell people who are kind of um, raging against it right now, you know, that it's spam, so on and so forth. Well, I don't know, I guess, uh, you know, propose a viable alternative path forward and we can assess it, but in all likelihood, <laughs> I think those people will probably lose out because what actually happened with ordinals and inscriptions is you had thousands and thousands of people that had no interest in Bitcoin um, suddenly learn how to use it and using it. And you had, you know, millions of dollars uh, <laughs> in revenue brought to miners who are otherwise having a really hard time in a tough market. Now, I don't mean to suggest that's Bitcoin's core purpose or that we need to look out for any of those people, but there's some very real positives as well that I don't think are discussed enough. Now, I'm at the same time not someone who believes that Bitcoin should adapt and grow to host or allow people to 
do every kind of new like DeFi, Web3, whatever kind of trick in the book that's been invented on other protocols. I don't think that's like worthwhile. I don't think it's safe. I don't, I don't, I don't want that by any means. If Bitcoin never changed, it already does what it needs to do for me. And I'd be, I'd be quite happy with it the way it is. So I think just advocating that people educate themselves on what the the process for implementing change in Bitcoin is and maybe what they would like it to be, you know? Yeah, I think I think full stop, it's a good thing to do. Just kind of educate yourself on it. Don't try not to um, tell other people what to do. That's the whole reason we're here is <laughs> for freedom. So, you know, I, if- Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna come to that. I think we are here for freedom and telling people what to do is probably the wrong things. And eventually, you know, things are gonna go in the way that should go. I think it is a, is a really nice way to you know to talk about this this issue or this you know this happening let's say i i i kind of like that approach uh yeah he's very open-minded there's there's like a balance and, too um, like you, you don't want the yeah. protocol to also you don't want the protocol to ossify to a point where nobody's paying attention maintaining it or um keeping it updated but also i don't want um all these new abilities that are besides the point of alleviating trusted third parties and money separate from the state um integrated on the protocol without uh well really at all but uh without um you know sufficient competent review and rough consensus um from from the whole community so i guess yeah stay tuned we'll see what bitcoin could, uh, becomes but for now it appears to be working well yeah yeah so uh if we talk about the bitcoin conference i mean you are a director of programming you have been uh, you know helping to put together those amazing events worthwhile they are the one of the, i would say the main stop for everybody in bitcoin but also i mean i was i was uh, in miami May is also a place where a lot of people they want to learn about Bitcoin. They go. I remember uh, I met one uh, CEO of a London listed company there, and he wasn't. He's not like a crypto guy, but he was interested about tokenization, and and that was the conference that he attended to understand, and that was quite interesting. So tell me a little bit about how it all started with Bitcoin, with the Bitcoin conference, because they are produced by Bitcoin Magazine. There was one of the first publication for Bitcoin and uh, yeah give me some insight of uh, you know how difficult is how fun is and uh, the importance also of those conferences I think since I've been involved with it uh, the past few years you know we've strived to bring best-in-class speakers uh, to Bitcoin um, to help people educate and uh, become educated about the the protocol and, and the community and the companies surrounding it and to try to broadly just boost signal and help onboard the world it's a hard thing to understand it takes a lot of time a lot of touch points and getting together for a sort of sprint over the course of a few days with tens of thousands of other um, people interested in something can really go far in accelerating accelerating not only someone's understanding but finding them jobs for example in the community i know a number of people and companies that have been started uh, at our events and people that have been employed as a result of them. So I think it's a very good thing for the um, Bitcoin category at large. And then uh, to answer your question, it's it's super fun. <laughs> it's like the most fun. Uh, there's not really anything I'd rather be be doing uh, at the moment. It's just uh, it's the, the best place in the world to be. We're in a very exciting time. Um, we're very, very early to kind of global adoption of the asset. And uh, I'm here for it. You know, 
whole team is. So the Bitcoin conference started in the US and then now, I mean, I know there is a Bitcoin conference coming in Amsterdam. So how was actually entering the European community? Is that the first one that you're doing in Amsterdam? I think you have done already one, right? Yeah, this will be the second one, um, this October 12th and 13th. Um, we're very excited about it. It's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, we have to readjust kind of all our expectations and understanding of our audience. But fortunately, we have, uh, you know, many Europeans working on the team, teams on the ground in the Netherlands. I used to live very close to Amsterdam. So there's just, there's a lot of help there broadly. And, and in Europe too, people are very excited about this event. Um, you know, pacing to be basically the biggest uh, European Bitcoin event. And just, you know, I think Europe needs a lot of help. I think there's like very concerning things yes. happening uh, on the continent um, and they need Bitcoin. So we're really happy to join the um, kind of the fellowship of other people putting on events there and trying to promote adoption. Completely agree. You need more events like that. They get together the people and more events. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin Magazine is able to do in Europe. I think that will be so valuable. And then there are many other countries that you can go because, you know, it's always kind of like, it's not always so easy to travel, but being able to, uh, you know, have local events that you can join, I think that's uh, is very important for the Bitcoin community 100%. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it gets it gets interesting too with the with the, po the kind of European politics. Yeah, I think it's uh, super important. People, you know, get together in kind of brick and mortar buildings and uh, discuss Bitcoin, finance, life in general. I think more and more in the um, virtual age, people become kind of isolated, secluded, get wrapped up in very um, maybe addicting uh, communities that don't always feed us. Like we're kind of like subject to an algorithm that might not always be the healthiest choice so it's always important to meet kind of face to face and i guess strengthen the network that way so i'm a i'm a huge fan of bitcoin meetups both locally and and conferences in general i go to a lot of them i spend probably two three months out of the year traveling to them around the world and i generally always come out with um a lot of value for 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 um you know the, the cost of travel or whatever you know new friends new understanding new kind of ambitions uh, as you like broaden your horizons of what's possible in the space um and what opportunities there are to help other people so yeah i'd recommend basically everyone if you haven't been to one you know come yeah. to a local bitcoin meetup start your own come to some conference and see what's out there because i think you'll find that people are very different in the real world than, than they may appear online and you just get a more three-dimensional understanding 100 percent. so there are these amazing meetup that where you know people can meet in person and then uh, the bitcoin community lives all on social right lives all online and um some people are on twitter some people are somewhere else where would you say that the bitcoin community lives online actually what will be the the, the best channels for some people that are new to the bitcoin space to actually join in order to have a proper conversation right and meet and meet people like minded people um you know quality over quantity that's what i want to get to yeah if you want high uh high signal 
I'd recommend Noster, the, the protocol. There's a number of clients that you can join. Iris, uh, Primal, Damas, of course. You can download from the App Store and, you know, start working on an actually <laughs> free speech platform right away. It's not like Elon's version of free speech. Right now, it's a somewhat niche community of Bitcoiners and free and open source software advocates. So there's not a lot of other noise to distract on the protocol as it grows right now. It's a very exciting time. People are super willing to help others that they don't know learn to use it and to manage their public and private keys and explore all the all the features of the protocol so yeah i would have to say noster 100 it's actually the only social media i use at the moment i have accounts on other platforms but i don't have them on my on my computer or phone i'm just like strictly noster uh for about a month now and probably going to continue that way because it's all i really need it reduces uh, stress levels and um, distractions by a large margin. You know, I don't think people were made to take on the burden of the whole world all the time and to see everything bad that's happening on the planet all the time is certainly not healthy. And to be fed kind of like surveillance uh, algorithms day and night and, and, and to be censored, all of those things are rather unpleasant user experiences. So people should know that there are alternatives Nostra being the most viable of them that's growing at the probably the most rapid pace and it's got like the best and brightest minds working on it so it's it's something akin to being an early adopter of bitcoin and it takes a minute to to, to set up and get rolling and you don't have to subject yourself to any data data collection at, at all you don't have to give any personal information you can start an anonymous pseudonymous account um instantly um and you're off to the races and no one can censor you so that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I also joined, that was a week ago, uh, nice. and it's like a different different feeling, I think. No. And also the noise, right? There is so much noise out there. And, you know, like crypto, the crypto space is very noisy. And then you get distracted. And then, you know, this kind of confusion sometimes lower the potential of people. Because I think each of us has got some great potential but when you you get like hammered from everywhere then that kind of like put you in a situation where you know you're not going to be able to take the best out of you as well so that's a very important point and coming on there i was reading your twitter and i came across a very important point and i said oh gosh i i think this guy is so cool because you said curate your circle and that is such you know an important things that not many people are able to do do and actually understand is important to do and when i read that twitter you put out was one of the you know the 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 most important thing you should do is about create your your circle i thought oh gosh he got it so tell me why you came up with that and what's the process behind it sure i I, certainly not the the person that came up with it but i'm a big uh adherent to that philosophy i really have my guard up uh kind of with new people and i'm very careful who i let into my personal life just because like in order to stay um kind of balanced and 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 healthy it's important that you control what you put into your body um and that includes information there's like endless amounts of things that you can consume coming at you all day online and endless amounts of like learned uh social behaviors that you will pick up on if you spend time with with any group of people so it's important i think to surround yourself by people you aspire to be more like um that's not to say surround yourself in a bubble i think it's really important to also find reasonable kind of like rational 
rational critics of things you thought you had an understanding of um, so that you can always kind of stay skeptical and kind of question and upgrade your beliefs and you know that the you know strong opinions lightly held kind of thing but I think uh, people maybe don't practice enough like you you can absolutely curate your friends and your environment um, it may take time to get to a place where you want to be but I think your aspirations as a person are hopefully always like your ambitions are always outpacing your ability um, if they're not you're, you're, you're probably not growing in, in in one area or the other so you have to keep kind of exciting ambitious people around you I think it's important and and reasonable people people who um, you know can admit their flaws can admit when they're wrong and and it's it's all about like the ability to take in new information and also like change as a result of it uh, because if like the only evidence of life is change so if you're just gonna have the same beliefs that you had since you were yeah. 13 years old yeah. your whole life I mean I think your life will be pretty unsatisfying um, from my perspective so I'm always looking for new interesting people to hang out with yeah yeah agree so who would you say are the most uh, the people that in the bitcoin space to follow who are the greatest mind in the bitcoin community that w you will list as the people that you want to be surrounded by i think you'll find most of them on noster <laughs> when you join it but of course there are others who aren't uh i'd be excited for people to learn more about who is contributing to pro uh, the bitcoin on a, on a protocol level it doesn't seem like we have very many good um skeptics of bitcoin like from my experience people that um want to criticize bitcoin Usually it turns out a few years later, they end up becoming Bitcoiners themselves or it becomes very clear, like you can debunk their arguments pretty fast. We've had them before. They don't actually have a good understanding. So probably rather not name specific names, but just say that um, I think those people become apparent to you as you explore this space because they are people who are willing to change their frame of reference uh, when they're presented with new information and they actually consider things, right? They're not staunchly, I mean, there's, there's trade-offs there, right? When you get like hyper brilliant people, they usually have kind of some pretty stubborn beliefs that aren't based in reality yes. but you know you have to you have to find them for yourself i mean the people i admire are not going to be the people that others uh necessarily want to follow so I think yeah 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 i think it's just important to kind of explore and take in new things i would say definitely avoid people who have a penchant for kind of i guess it seems like wanting to hurt other people online you know say kind of nasty yeah. things who put up poor arguments or kind of wasting your time with like uh, unnecessary negativity that's all stuff that i think everybody can do with less of so i like optimistic people i like people who are excited about the future and who are working to build the world they want to inhabit so yeah i think that would be that would yeah. be it, basically summarize and i think also like you said people they actually able to challenge which so perhaps having different voices follow different people they have got different opinion on uh, different aspects you don't want to be maybe follow just one you know one point of view it's also good to have different so then you can kind of like uh, be challenge yourself to make your own mind at the end of the day is your journey into bitcoin is uh, you know is your freedom uh, that you have to create as well and you know bitcoin just provide a tool you know but everybody has to learn it that way i think that's yeah. uh, that's a nice way to see it. And also, uh, like, it's important to remember Bitcoin is a neutral commodity. 
So unlike uh, fiat currency, you know, I, you should just take that with like what people say about Bitcoin with a grain of salt because Bitcoin's for enemies. Everyone, including nation states, you know, will eventually probably adopt it. Um, anyone's free to use it and have their kind of opinions about it. So not every person that's a Bitcoiner is necessarily a good person. They might be a better capitalized person in the next four years, but uh, you just have to be careful even within the community. Like I encourage people to kind of stay um, skeptical without being, you know, uh, too much of a Scrooge. Just, uh, yeah, curate an optimistic, like forward looking environment. Brilliant. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it was such a nice uh, conversation, quite deep as well. You know, people like they, they listen to podcasts and they, they don't want to, you know, they kind of like want to absorb and they want other people to tell them the truth or to tell them what they, how they do it. So rather than like getting challenged, maybe it's more they want to take information. And I think today we kind of like, said that you shouldn't take information but you should actually be more critic and uh, yeah being able also to be open-minded and free in the way that you question things and uh, trying to avoid the things that are just going to be detrimental for you and be more open to positivity and you know the tools that bitcoin is putting out there they can just be an enabler but they you know that's that's what they are and listen, for anybody that uh, obviously uh, we have got the, the Bitcoin Amsterdam. So can you give us a sneaky peek or something happening or something that, you know, you want to share with us ahead of the event? There is not much on the website yet, but, you know, I know that probably you're going to put out some cool things happening. Just tell, tell us a little bit about what you're planning. Yeah, so we're we're planning a two-day event in Amsterdam. I think tickets at the moment are going for about 300 euros, general admission, 3,000 euros for VIP experience. It's October 12th and 13th. I'm super excited to welcome back Stella Assange as a speaker, Julia Assange, Julian Assange's wife, who gave a really um, heartfelt, kind of beautiful speech of the role that Bitcoin played in Julian's life. Um, last year and we're looking to do kind of even bigger more interesting things this year um as well as will kasserin uh, he developed uh damas a good friend of mine and great um great speaker and advocate for free and open source software as well you know we've also got john carvalho we've got rockstar developer uh willem middlecoop benjamin gagnon um Antoine Ponsat, Joe Hall, Pete Rizzo, of course, and a host of other people. Uh, maybe even some controversial speakers from the uh, Noster and uh, okay. also the Ordinal Inscription communities. So just stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna be rolling them. Okay, out. brilliant, brilliant. Well, I would say I would say people need to go. You know, if you're interested uh, in uh, just exploring the Bitcoin space, uh, join Noster, and then you can find the you know the people to follow and the people to get challenged by and. Uh, yeah, and then come to the to the Bitcoin magazine events. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Alex, brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you.